Good morning, my name is Michael. The Old Testament reading is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Sorry. Good morning. My name is Carmen. The New Testament reading is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. From now on, brothers and sisters... If anything is excellent, and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us. The God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thank you for standing for the gospel reading, which is taken from Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. Jesus' disciples came and said to him, Why do you use parables when you speak to the crowds? Jesus replied, Because they haven't received the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but you have. For those who have will receive more, and they will have more than enough. But as for those who don't have, even the little they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to the crowds in parables. Although they see, they don't really see. And although they hear, they don't really hear or understand. What Isaiah prophesied has become completely true to them. You will hear, to be sure, but never understand. And you will certainly see, but never recognize what you are seeing. For this people's senses have become calloused, and they have become hard of hearing. They have shut their eyes so that they won't see with their eyes, or hear with their ears, or understand with their minds, and change their hearts and lives that I may heal them. Happy are your eyes because they see. Happy are your ears because they hear. I assure you that many prophets and righteous men wanted to see what you see and hear what you hear, but they didn't. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to God. Remain standing as we pray. So Holy Spirit, 
Thank you that you have opened our eyes. Open them again afresh today that we would see Jesus. And open our ears afresh today that we would, as the Scripture says, hear the word of Christ. And open our hearts that we would receive this seed in good soil, that it would take root and bear much fruit to the glory of our Father in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we've been in this series called Tuned In, which has been all about listening to God. And we thought that on Family Sunday we'd give a little short reflection on what it means to listen to God through life. We've talked about the speaking God. We've talked about listening to God through the scriptures. Uh, We've talked about listening to God for guidance in our decisions. And then uh, last week we talked about listening to God through the wisdom of one another, through the counsel of one another. And this morning we want to focus in on what it means to listen to God through life. And someone said, you mean through the chaos of raising little kids? And yes, through that and more. So everyone, this is my wife, Holly, and she's joining me this morning. And uh, yeah, and um, I wanted just to briefly share a couple things and then let Holly share a few things with you. I know that on Family Sunday, the tendency if you, is if your kids are not at home or in the home or you don't have kids, the tendency is to say, oh, this doesn't apply to me. But actually, All of these practices, our hope is that all of these practices are really things that that work for all of us, that we all want to cultivate the habit of paying attention to God. And so this morning, listening to God through life is all about learning to contemplate, to let the things that meet us in our everyday lead us to pay attention to God. So we, how many of you have, like, uh, no, don't raise your hand, never mind. You might have set aside prayer times. You might have special times where you say, this is when I seek God, this is my quiet time. You might have family devotions, or you might be like us, and family devotions is an ideal that you strive toward but struggle to accomplish because of any number of things that go wrong on a Saturday morning. Um, but but how, do you, how do you cultivate the practice of going through life and paying attention to God? Our Old Testament text this morning was from Deuteronomy 6, and if you skip here to verse 7, the Lord is saying to them, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them, talk of the commandments, talk about loving the Lord, talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. The idea is this is supposed to be built in. One of the maybe, maybe one of the discouraging things about life, all of us as human beings, is we're not just formed by the things we know and understand, we're formed by our environments, we're formed by our context, we're formed by our habits, we're formed by the things that we repeatedly do. So one of the bummers for me as a parent is that my kids won't just remember what I've said but they'll remember how they feel. They'll remember how I've said things. They'll remember, oh, dad was always irritated at the end of the day, or dad was always goofy, or what. They'll remember the feel and the, 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 the habits, the practices that we um, um, do with one another. And so this morning, our hope is, what if we could think of our homes, whether that's you and roommates in your homes, or whether that's families in your homes, what if you could think of your homes, your households, as micro-monasteries, your households as micro-monasteries where it's not somber and quiet, Lord knows that's not true, 
But, but you're cultivating together the habit of attention, the habit of being attentive to God. So there's a number of things we could have said, we could have picked to say, how do we listen to God through daily life? There's lots of things we could have chosen. This morning we just have chosen two to zero in on. One is beauty and the other is story. What does it mean to listen to God through the beauty of the world? And what does it mean to listen to God through story, through great narratives and books and stories around us? So, the first thing, listening through beauty. There's a little verse here of a poem that maybe is familiar to some of you, but look at these words. Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round it and pluck blackberries and daub their natural faces unaware. Elizabeth Barrett Browning is saying there is glory all around us, but sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't see it with the, the beauty of creation. Sometimes we drive right by it. Sometimes we miss it. And so, Holly, now that you're, since you're up here, Tell us a little bit about what it means for you to listen to God through beauty. Well, I think with our kids, we attempt to try to get them outside as much as possible, and it helps if you have a few trees maybe outside your window or something beautiful to look at. But I think just getting them out in nature and helping them to see beautiful things and flowers and trees and mountains. We live in a beautiful place. That's not that difficult. Um, just breathing in that air and seeing the sights and the sounds just of our beautiful world and what our creator has made. I think it just brings about, like, and then like Glenn said, in our kids and in us. I mean, me, I feel like I gain just as much from these experiences as they do. But um, it just brings about such a sense of wonder and awe of our creator. And then I think that's a different way of, of knowing God. Maybe it's not that you look at the snow and you say, well, what is God trying to say to me? Like, is this purity or righteousness. I mean, it could be. It could be that God is trying to say that to you, but it could also be just a general sense that he's trying to create in our hearts of wonder and imagination and awe and, and maybe peace that that brings. What's the phrase that we talk about sometimes about come and Come and... Come and look is what I try to say to our kids a lot um, when we're, you know, the, the leaves are changing and we see these beautiful, gorgeous yellow, you know, blazing aspens. And, um, and what's been kind of neat is as some of them, especially the little ones, have gotten older, they'll say, Mom, look at that tree. Look at the mountain. Look at the snow. Look and at so, the bunny. Look at the squirrel. Yeah, like, look at the, I think yeah. it's, it, it, it's rubbing off. So it's just <laughs> neat to see them kind of catching that phrase and, and then being caught up in it as well. It is hard amidst the chaos of the day, but at any moment for wonder to be cultivated and that's one of the slogans that Lauren with our children's ministry have talked about, partnering with parents to cultivate the sense of wonder. And just that, that beauty, I think, is what children kind of uh, teach us to do, to look and to behold. And to, even if it doesn't turn into the spiritual moment, you know, it need not be that you're like, oh, the falling leaf is an allegory of my sinful nature. You know, it, it, it could be as simple as the little bit of wonder that comes in your heart. And to say, thanks, God, for the gift of that little that little minute of wonder. There's something else here, listening to God through story. All of us, you know, we're suckers for a good, a good story, a good show, a good movie, a good book. But sometimes I wonder with kids or with families, does listening to God through story mean that we need to find like only Christian stories? 
No, I would say no. Um, I think there's so many, I could go on and on about this topic. I just love children's literature and books in general, but um, there's so many amazing, great books out there, classic tales, fairy tales, myths that have these characters in them that really we see truth in, that they, they lead us to thinking about Christ, that it's, it's a taste of maybe the Christ figure. Um, and some of these characters can be great heroes that our kids can follow after and find things in them that they want to be like and strive after. Um, and it, so it's just a little bit of, of the truth that but, we see in Christ. But what if, and we hear this a lot from parents sometimes, what if they say, well, I don't want to do the fairy tale thing because then they'll get confused and think that the Bible's fairy tales. And so why do fairy tales instead of just sort of the Bible stories? Well, I think that as so many things in life that, you know, we don't just say the Bible's the only thing that can teach me anything, right? There's so many way, things that God uses to show us Him, to show us truth. I think this is just another way to see a similar picture in a different light. And I think some of these characters, um, specifically the heroes, there, there might be something in them where your kids can say, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I see myself in them, and maybe it's part of them finding their calling or what they're supposed to do and something to cling on to to see the goodness and the beauty and the truth in life, and they can strive after that. Well, and in a sense, there, there are really kind of two ways to approach this. You know, one, one way of approaching this is to say any story that is not exactly an allegory of the gospel should be rejected. And we Christians should be the ones who say, well, that Harry Potter stuff is good and fine, but let me tell you how it's not really like the gospel, you know? And sometimes Christians have a reputation of doing that, that we're all about finding flaws in great stories. That's one approach. Another approach would be to say, how do these stories awaken longings that only Christ fulfills? How do these stories awaken desires that in the end point us toward Christ. There are people that um, talk about the Greek mythologies that way, to say these myths kind of made us long for a kind of hero that only Christ could be. In a sense, all the stories in the Old Testament do that. You see all of these characters, these heroes that Holly mentions, that are flawed. And even the great king like David. And so in the end, these imperfect characters, make a, they awaken in us a longing to say, could there be a true king? Could there be a true judge? Could there be a true rescuer? So C.S. Lewis sometimes said, the, the mythologies of the world, the stories of the world, are like the truth out of focus. They're looking at it, but it's a little bit out of focus. And when you come to the, the Christ story, you're seeing the truth in focus. One of the ways we can listen to God through story is to say, this story reminds me of another story. This story reminds me of the great and true story. So to sum it up this morning, we got this little sentence. You can say one more thing. Okay. Yes, you can say one more thing. I think sometimes in our culture, specifically with fairy tales or movies with kids, we might say that the cynical part of us might say, oh, why did so many of them have a happy ending? And I found myself even thinking that at times, but I think... Um, as I've studied a bit more even of some of the, the British literature and the Celtic Christian tradition, a lot of those stories were written with the intent of, of really of seeing the end of us being reunited with, with Creating Jesus. the happy ending on purpose. Yeah, that, that, that was really the reason why they did it, to, to be a kind of a symbolic thing with the Bible and what our future will be. So hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. That's cool. So summary sentence here, right here. Here we go. Beauty and story can point us to the one true and beautiful story. And, and, I, and I think for all of us, in all of our households, families or not, to cultivate the habit of listening to God through beauty and through story. Would you bow your heads this morning?